This is Brewing It Over. My name is Sunil Pabari, and I'm one of the co-founders here at The Roasters Pack. This is a podcast where I talk with coffee people about the depths of coffee and what makes it so fascinating. Something for you to brew over while you drink your morning cup. This being the first longer form episode, it's rather fitting for me to talk about starts. The beginning, that leap of faith. And I've been wanting to start a podcast for a long time, but the introvert inside of me has fought hard against that desire, and it's been winning that fight for the past few years. And since I'm editing it, I know I'm going to have to listen to myself talk, which is like nails on a chalkboard. That definitely does not sound fun. And knowing myself, I know I'm going to be doing far too many takes to try and just get it far too many takes to try and get it just right. And knowing myself, I know I'm going to be doing way too many takes to try and get it just right. But every month, I do get the pleasure of learning a crazy amount from the different coffee people in preparation for the monthly content that goes along with the Roasters Pack. Whether it's green buyers, coffee roasters, baristas, competitive coffee folks, different innovators in the industry, or coffee producers and farmers too, our conversations go all over the place, meaning that I obviously learn a ton about coffee from a ton of different perspectives. It's one of my favorite parts of running the Roasters Pack. So for this episode, I chatted with a couple coffee folks who I think quite highly of, talking about their starts, their beginnings, and that leap of faith. And hopefully I can learn a thing or two about what it was like for them. First off, I chatted with Ellie Cortez, a very diligent and talented barista from the shop Show & Tell in Kitchener, Ontario, who challenged herself to compete and dive headfirst in the competitive coffee game. And after my chat with Ellie, we've got Seth Taylor, a coffee roaster who took the leap and started his own roastery, Seth Taylor Coffee by Design. Both these conversations, there seems to be a very common theme, something that I can currently very much relate to. Both of them had an equal dose of optimism and fear. First off, we've got Ellie. So going going into it, I like I was thinking about this. If I was in your shoes, I know I would get like very like detail oriented and like air quotes, meaning I would be paranoid about like everything, like from like what music was playing exactly to like everything about the positioning of everything I want to use, and like I, what clothes I'm going to be wearing, yes. everything. Was that running through your head too? Yeah, and I think that's what made me kind of, not, I guess not hesitant to compete this year, but I very much understood that it'll be a good two to three months where my head space is, that's, that's all I'm thinking about. Like that's what I do when I'm sleeping, like right before I'm sleeping, I'm visualizing like my table set up like when I wake up that's what I'm thinking about so you kind of commit to like that two to three months of like that weird insanity that that's all you're thinking about but it's worth it and for those of you who don't know what a barista competition involves it's a 15 minute presentation where the competitor has to make four espressos four milk-based drinks like a latte or a cappuccino and four signature beverages which allows the competitor to flex their creativity all the while talking and explaining their drinks for the judges, and ideally providing an immaculate and inspiring service. No spilled milk, no messy bar, and actually, yes, inspiration. That's one of the things that the judges are actually looking for, as it says in section 12.1D of the WBC Rules and Regulations. This is not a joke. It actually says, may serve as a role model and a source of inspiration for others. Barista competitions are serious business. They're like the Super Bowl for baristas. 
So when the first time you competed, like how did you feel going into it? Like specifically oh, that first time? Yeah, you, it is so scary. It's so scary because especially as like I was kind of throwing myself out there in the coffee industry. I hadn't really met anybody yet. I was just kind of introducing myself with show and tell, kind of starting um, last year with them. So I didn't really know anyone. So that was kind of scary because I had to kind of go and like introduce myself and be like, oh man, I've like been watching like all of these fellow competitors for years so that was kind of a scary thought but the best part was that like as soon as you go into that competitor's room it's like the opposite of a competitive vibe everybody is so like encouraging like do you need help do you need help with your dishes like do you have an extra dry cloth like it's it's super cool yeah yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Like, I feel like everyone in coffee has come off, like, very friendly, at least to yeah. me. It seems like yeah. everyone's just, like, the nicest people. Yeah. Which is, like, interesting when you throw all those people in a very competitive space. You think, like, who knows what would happen? But yeah. that's cool to hear that they were still pretty chill. Um, I will say, though, I remember, like, if we fast forward to the AeroPressCon. Yeah. I remember you telling me uh, after the Canadians, um, like, all the methodical testing that you put into that specifically the AeroPress comp Mm -hmm. and it sounds like maybe that experience from your first barista comp kind of came into play with this whole thing I think that's what I realized is that like the barista comp like I guess me not knowing exactly what went into this type of competition and then doing it made me realize exactly what goes into it and just watching like the top six of last year was so inspiring I was like oh man like I've a lot of work to not catch up on but I want to invest way more time into that creative element like even just going that above and beyond to see even if the results don't always come out like it's still always worth it to just think of a crazy idea and see if that if something new comes out of it so that's kind of how the like AeroPress champion like my recipe came because I didn't do the the brew that I just brewed for you that wasn't the one I used for the competition but that was just like pure creative to do something different to see if I could like potentially add two brews together and make another one. That's kind of what I ended up doing and it ended up working for me. So I kind of went with it and I also used that one for the world's one and it ended up working really well. But I realized that it only works with like a really acidic, like high acidic coffee. Hmm. But yeah, it was really cool. Awesome. So <clears throat> yeah, I think you kind of need that creative time to... Yeah, because, like, two air presses, yeah. using that, that's, like, next level. Like, no one yeah, uses like, two air presses. Yeah, it was really cool. I don't know. I, yeah, I was kind of just, like, thinking of, yeah, first, like, a cool way to stand out, but then, like, not, like, with reason, too. Yeah. But then I think you even told me you used, like, three filters or something like that. I did. Um, just for, bringing in everything, right? Yeah, I did um, a metal and then two paper um, just to try and get... Um, as clean of a silky texture as possible because when I do brew an AeroPress like I brew it to enjoy the silkier format of a drip or of a pour over um if I'm in the mood for like something like super juicy I'll usually make a pour over but if I want something that I'm gonna like sip on um I will usually make an AeroPress um because I find that I can translate those oils into silkier textured coffee um but yeah, I was like, I feel like that also has to do with the filtration. So I, I play around with metal and paper, just switching them up. Um, but yeah, it's really cool because there are more of these like filtration um, things that are coming out on the market now. Um, 
like just different style papers that can that apparently kind of add clarity and body to the cup. Um, but yeah, you kind of have to experiment to see what the best combos are. And then, how was it the first time going to Worlds and competing <gasps> that in Canada? was so fun. I can't even believe that was two months ago. That was like the best experience of competition ever did you like going into it how are you feeling what was your kind of thought process before you even left Canada were you like yeah how were you kind of mm, I guess be- like before I even left Canada I feel like I had already kind of won so I like going there I was just like I think I like this is like I went for just over two and a half weeks so I was like I was kind of just like in vacation mode in my head because I was like I'm just about to go to a different like part of the world gonna go experience that coffee scene I was more so excited for that um and I was staying with a really good friend of mine still from Floozy so that was just cool because I got to experience a bit of her side of the world but yeah it's it's really cool I felt like I already won I didn't feel like I was going for a competition um necessarily um and then like if you were to look back now like it's been about a year since you took that first plunge into that first competition yeah what like do you have any advice to either yourself back then that you would tell you know young Ellie or like what advice would you give to like a new barista yeah I mean I would say even I would say this to a new barista or any new person in coffee or to myself back then like always just like follow your gut you're always like you have talent and it's hard to recognize that you have talent but the more you do it in front of people the more you're kind of like you're realizing it that you do have this like skill that you can showcase it to people and like I guess just the feedback that I've gotten over the year has kind of really made me realize that I do like this is for real this is what I want my life to be but yeah just follow your gut like you have talent um it just you need to showcase it in front of people in order to keep growing like yeah you have to kind of push yourself out there make yourself uncomfortable I know it's hard because I like I'm the biggest introvert but the more you do it the easier it gets sweet awesome um and then you I think you also mentioned like your why you're doing it is for personal development yeah right do you mind diving into that a little bit yeah um I mean I've 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 been in coffee for a while but I believe that like coffee's uh, always changing but that also means that our techniques should also be changing I find that I'm always kind of learning something um, and like one of my end goals is to open up my own place but I want to know and just like increase my skill that much more so that the day that I do open up my own shop I'll be confident and I'll be able to answer any question that gets thrown at me yeah yeah so that's kind of like the reason behind that I was like I just want to be the best possible coffee professional I can be. (laughs) That was our conversation with Ellie Cortez. Big thanks to Ellie. You can find her on the gram at E-L-L-E Cortado. That's L Cortado. But now, onto the chat with Seth. And the one thing that I can very much appreciate about Seth is that he's exceptionally candid. The dude tells it as it is. And for him, starting a coffee roastery has been a wild ride. He moved from one of the larger coffee roasters in Canada, in a pretty specialized role, 
to having to be a jack of all trades starting his own company by himself in this situation having to figure it all out not just the coffee stuff but everything else that comes with running a business for for you you started a roastery how long has it been now um it has been a year and a, maybe a month and a half so like 13 14 months okay so how has it been starting a coffee roastery um it's been difficult <laughs> uh it's it's uh i would say that one of the biggest things that i wasn't told would happen that is definitely happened is it's quite lonely just meaning that everything's on me my name's on the bag i make all the choices i decide what coffees to bring in and how to roast them so it really is all on me and sometimes that's a little lonely sometimes that makes you feel like you're away from the world a lot of the time and in your own head yeah on the on the flip side on the positive side yeah i mean there's hardships grow i think most people know growing a business is hard starting a business is hard takes a lot of work a lot of your time i think you battling that loneliness is part of having a lot of confidence about what you're doing but the flip side of that is i get to make all the decisions so I get to decide what coffee to bring in, at what price, and I don't have someone, as I did before, giving me a price range I have to work in, or a style of coffee I had to buy. And that's been really freeing. Just being able to cup and taste something I like and buying it is amazing. In the beginning, it's just been great to do that myself and have that control. It's like a, you know, double-sided coin. Yeah. yeah. So before you were, you know, I'm assuming your your green buying team before you were running your own thing was like a bunch of people. So it was like probably many people you could bounce ideas off of. And now you have to like just talk to yourself. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, I used to bring back coffees and there'd be at least three people who would have to sign off on them which would mean taste them cup them i'd have to brew them for them present the coffees to them yeah and i was also sent down with a price in mind so i had to find coffees in a particular price range and sometimes i'd also have guidelines on how they should taste or what type of mouthfeel we were looking for or something like that mm-hmm. um and that's not a bad way to buy coffee, especially if you have a coffee that needs a replacement coffee put into it. Yeah. But my model now is a bit freer because I'm smaller. I just rotate through coffees and I don't try to have the same flavors and tastes all the time. And I'm able to just buy what I want. Totally. But it is a little scary because yeah. I have no one else telling me, oh, yeah, that's a very good coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing like this is one of the things that I've noticed, too, like running my own company is like, Sometimes it's nice to have parameters, and I feel like being self-employed, you make all the decisions. It's like, there's no one telling you to do this or not to do this. You can choose, like, whatever direction you want to go. So it's like, you know, when you're playing a board game, usually there's, like, three decisions you can make, (laughs) right? And you have to figure out the best, like, of the three. And that's, like, it's kind of a fun decision, but, like, when you're running your own company, there's, like, unlimited decisions you can make. Unlimited. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It, it's definitely uh, that. I think that's where the just that loneliness factor comes in. Sometimes it's nice to have 
reassurances. Yeah. Which just means other people basically experiencing the same thing you are and and agreeing with it. And sometimes that's nice to have. Sometimes it's also nice to have someone just to bounce ideas off of, even if you're not going to listen to what they have to say. (laughs) So do you have uh, a... Like a, someone you talk to about some like random ideas or things that you have going on? I definitely have some coffee friends that I like to just throw ideas to and bounce things off of. I would say, unfortunately, my wife probably talks about coffee and my business way too much. <laughs> um, but, I mean, she is she is my best friend. I do value her opinion very highly, so even though it might be asking a little bit much i feel like that information is very valuable to me nice um i'm definitely looking and thinking about my growth and and people around and who can come on and add to the the company so hopefully in this next year there'll be some significant growth and i'll be able to add some people and it won't be solely on me yeah nice what are you most stoked for for 2019 well i'm stoked and super scared (laughs) um about just getting out there i i need to push harder to just get out there and and this is where i i think this is the sales i need some sales to keep my business going i've got to actually make some money for myself instead of putting it all back in the business Hmm. interesting interesting concept yeah exactly (laughs) so i'm absolutely a hundred percent petrified of doing it uh it's not my favorite thing to do and my personality doesn't always fit the bill to do it but i'm excited to try i'm excited to try to to get my coffee out there and see the reaction it can get and i want that reaction ultimately i want people to like my coffee i i'm the type of guy who who is always learning i never stop learning i never feel like my roasts are the best roasts i feel like they're really good i've grown a lot but i feel like i also have a long way to go and i think the best way to do that is to get it into coffee professionals hands Mm -hmm. who can really scrutinize it and give me feedback so i'm excited for that i'm as i say scared because it could come back all negative knock on wood hope that doesn't happen but it's exciting to just just have that prospect it's almost like having a partner in a business in that sense of it it'll be less lonely if i can get some feedback from people yeah. and just involve some more people in the process totally so again it's that starting in the business it's always good and bad it's like this roller coaster of emotions yeah so this is one that i'm super stoked about trying and also absolutely scared to do nice <laughs> sweet man <laughs> Taking a listen to these two folks' experience, there's the why. Why are they putting themselves through this nerve-wracking roller coaster of an experience? 
And for Seth, it's all about getting people to try his coffee, improve his roasts, and learn from it. And for Ellie, it's all about learning more so that when one day she does open her own coffee shop, she'll have the tools and knowledge to reference that'll help her make the shop the best that it can be. For me, why am I making this podcast? It's all about building and creating what I know I want as a coffee drinker. It's the reason why the subscription exists. And now as someone who's addicted to podcasts, it only makes sense for me to get into this too. To be able to listen to the person who roasted my coffee while I'm waiting for the water to boil, that sounds pretty awesome. That being said, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, but let us know what you thought. Hit us up on the gram at The Roasters Pack. Shout out to Seth Taylor and Ellie Cortez for being a part of this episode. You can find Seth on the gram at Seth Taylor CBD and give him some feedback on his coffee. I'm sure he'd love to hear it. Um, we featured the Artie in the February pack, so hopefully you have some thoughts on that coffee that you can share with him. You can find Ellie on the gram at L Cortado. That's E-L-L-E Cortado. She's going to be competing again in the barista competition this year, so I'm sure her Instagram will be a treat to follow along with. Also, if you haven't heard the audio guide we did with her, check that out. It's the very first thing available to download on this podcast. See you guys next time. Cheers. <laughs>